getting rebounds like Charles Barkley, snatching his down. Shoot the J. Shoot it! He was getting rebounds like Charles Barkley, snatching his down. Shoot the J. Shoot it! He was getting rebounds like Charles Barkley, snatching his down. Shoot the J. Shoot it! He was getting rebounds like 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 Charles Barkley, snatching his down. Shoot the J. Welcome to another episode of Shoot the J Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Jenkins. We have a great show in store for you today. Um, NBA season is back. We talked about that uh, last show. So now we're kind of in the full swing of things. Uh, we've been two weeks in. So let's let's just talk about all the heavy hitter things. Um, the Warriors are the Warriors. I'll just leave that at that. Uh, so let's talk about some key things that happened uh, in the last week or two. So Clay Thompson, as you all know, dropped 52 points in less than 30 minutes of game time and sets the NBA single game record of 14 of uh, 14 made threes. And whose record did he break? His own teammate Steph Curry's. Um, so Clay Thompson is just very different. I mean. That man gets buckets, but I'll, I'll touch on that later. I, I'll, let's talk about a couple of other players uh, in this last week or two who also dropped 50. Um, on that list, oh, who else is on that list? Steph Curry, who had 51 points in only three quarters. And Blake Griffin, who is thriving in this Pistons offense. He had a career-high 50 points. Um, all, all, of course, all these games came in a win. But let's let's stick to let's get to a more specific question, shall we? Are these players products of a system, or are they just really great players? Like that's my thing. So with Blake, he was able to thrive in, in that in that Clippers offense. But you got to think he wasn't really creating his own shot. Chris Paul was very ball dominant, so he was you know nine times out of ten he was playing off the ball in this Pistons offense. Now run by um, by Dwayne Casey, he's able to get the ball in certain spots. He can dish it. We all know Blake Griffin is really known for you know his great passes because he's a big man. So he can dish it. He can swish it. He can do a couple things. Um, so that's what I'm trying to figure out. Blake Griffin has always been like an all star. Like we've always respected him for you know his high flying, electric plays. You know like he's always done some dope things on the basketball court but do we leave it at just that like okay like you're an athletic finisher that's your that's your build that's your badge that's cool now Blake is taking his game to the next level he's hitting a mid-range shot he's hitting the elbow shot he's knocking down the three ball he's taking to the cup finishing with finesse Blake Griffin's game is you know evolving in front of our eyes and I think you know it's been a while since we've seen him in this aspect so it's like okay like Blake is really the real deal, but is that the system or is that just him? So I think with this system now, like they can, you know, Blake Griffin can play on different spots in the, uh, on the floor. And that's only going to benefit him in the long run. And, you know, it's been a while. I, I would like to see Blake Griffin keep up this this style of play because we miss him in All-Star game. <laughs> I, 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 you know, 
We, we miss those high-flying dunks in All-Star game. We miss, you know, him getting crazy in the dunk contest, things like that. So it'd be nice for him to keep up, you know, this style of play and, you know, bring that back to the All-Star game that, you know, that we've missed, especially from him. Another player, you know, that I just mentioned, Steph Curry. We, we all know that he is the king of shooting period because I was, I was going to be specific with like it came to a three-point shot but a stat that came up last year was he led uh he, like he had the highest field goal percentage for guards in the paint it's like come on son like so he can do it from anywhere so it's just like Steph is a once in a lifetime kind of talent it's like man like this guy really has like in the gym range and I know you're probably saying well if his teammate just broke his record how's he once a lifetime listen Clay is nice. Like Clay can get his, but Steph is really like an assassin from from long range. Like that is his thing. Like he's a beast when it comes to that. But my my main reason for asking that question is because listen here, Clay Thompson is nice. Like like don't get me wrong. Like he can get buckets. He just got 52 the other night. Uh, if you're playing fantasy, you're probably not having a rougher week than me because last week I played against somebody who had Steph Curry. He had 51. This week, I'm playing against somebody in fantasy, and Clay has 52. So, I can't catch a break. Especially, I have Kevin Durant on my team. He gave me that nice little 41 uh, against the Knicks. But, listen, I, a 51-piece and a 52-piece, like, that's a lot of points in my fantasy league. So, uh, you know, he, he I, I was dogged out, basically, these last two weeks. But, for Clay Thompson, it's a lot of hoopla going around as far as, is he the second best shooting guard in the league. A lot of people throw him in, in you know, in, in the number one position. Uh, obviously, for, you forgot James Harden. So, let's not be disrespectful. Like, James Harden's an MVP candidate. Uh, like, well, not even MVP candidate. He's won the MVP. He's won six man a year. Like, this guy is really, like, a virtuoso on the court. Like, he gets buckets. He gets dimes. Like, he does a little bit of everything. Like, he can get a triple-double just as easy as Russell Westbrook can get a triple-double. So, it's like, Let's let's put some respect on, on on the name, shall we? So, with that, with Clay Thompson, it's like he plays both sides, which you ideally want any basketball player to do. Like, like we there's people in the NBA who strictly are great on offense, can't play defense. There's some players who are strictly good on defense and can play offense. Jabari Parker, who who's on the Bulls now said, hey, you don't play NBA players to, to play defense. And that's why the Bulls were down by 40 points against the Warriors and let Clay go off for the way he did because obviously they, they they weren't paid to play defense. So with Clay Thompson, let's think about it. He plays both ends, with this, which is ideal. But you got to think, on the offensive end, he's not a featured, like, player. You feel me? Like, it's he's like the third option. So obviously one is KD now, two is Steph, and three is Clay. But it's like because he's a third option, people like slack off of him because like you you have you pay so much attention on Steph, you pay so much attention on KD. Like Clay, majority of Clay Thompson's shots are like open corner threes or broken plays, transition. It's like man, like you can't you have to account for them at all times. And as soon as you take your eye off like. Steph or KD, then they cook you. As soon as you take your eye off, like, players like Draymond, because you're trying to worry about three, like, he'll cook you. So it's like, Clay is one is in a is in a system where it's like, yo, I'm going to cook only because you're not really worried about me. Like, I can go off, 
for spurts like this. I can get 37 points in a quarter. I can get 52 points in less than 30 minutes. Like, I can do these things. And it's like, okay, but were you the number one option? Like, is that, was that, did the offense flow through you? Or what, were you just hot? And then you just kept it going. You feel me? Like, that. that's that's my only, like, thing with, with Clay. Because right now, if you if you were to ask me what players I would rather over Clay Thompson, you got to think. Right now, with this, just this season alone, that 52 points, like, explosion came after a mean slump. Like, Clay Thompson was in the gutters when it came to, like, the play that we're used to. And, they, and he's been outplayed by a bunch of shooting guards this season by itself. Now, I know we're only, you know, seven to eight games in, but it's like, yo, pay, like, if we go season by season, like, pay attention. Like, don't don't treat it as a, you know, oh, you remember when Clay was doing this last season or in the championship this year? Like, no. Like, we're focused on this season. This season right now. If I had if I had to list, like, four or five shooting guards, is James Harden, DeMar DeRozan, Jimmy Butler, and then Clay Thompson. Simple. Because Jimmy Butler also plays on both ends of the floor, but he's a featured number one option. DeMar DeRozan plays both sides of the floor, but is a featured number one option. Klay Thompson plays both sides of the floor, but he's like the third, maybe fourth option if Draymond Green is touching the ball and like he swings it one more time. You feel me? So it's no knock on Klay. Like he's one of the best two-way players on in, in the league right now. But as far as like a shooting guard, I'm tell like right now he's this season, eight games in, he's the fourth best shooting guard. Now you, you can at me. At the number two, W-O underscore J-A-Y-Z, two J's. Or you can hit me up on Shoot the J podcast. Let Like, that's how I feel. Like, right now, Klay Thompson is the fourth best shooting guard in the league. And that's no knock on him. Like I said, he gets buckets. He knocks down the three. But it's like another another thing that I, was, that I saw on, on you know, Instagram and, like, Facebook. Oh, it took him six dribbles, you know, to score 50. Like, he scored 52 points. In six dribbles or less. I'm just like... Which proves more of a point that he's not... He can't create his own shot. Like, when was the last time Clay Thompson, like, ran an offense and, like, had to, like, you know, create off the dribble this, like, third? Like, maybe one or two plays a game. But in that, in that second unit, when, when Steph Curry and KD are on the bench or, you know, when it's him and Iggy and Draymond, that, it, that offense runs through Iggy or the, it runs through Draymond. And then they just find... You know, Clay on broken plays, or you know, maybe he got over uh, his defender was late on the screen. But those like main things I was just talking about, Clay doesn't do things that Jimmy Butler does. Jimmy Butler creates his own shot, creates creates his offense to his defense. Jamar DeRozan gets to the line. Jamar DeRozan like knocks down mid range jumper, turnaround, all these things like that's their game. Clay doesn't have that arsenal in his like in his repertoire. And like, and once again, for the fourth time, that's not a knock on Klay Thompson. That's just what separates these players away from him. Now, would I would I want you know would I want Klay Thompson on my team? Definitely. Swing swing me Klay Thompson because I know if I need a big three or something like that, he's gonna knock it down. Am I worried about him not being able to create a shot? No. If I if I have somebody who can who can kick it out to him, give me Klay Thompson. But Klay Thompson as a number one option, uh, you, it's not happening. It's not happening. Like, I, I know people are looking at his resume, you know, three chips, uh, three-point champion, 
NBA all-time record for threes in the game. He's like fourth on, on the list for most threes in the season behind Steph. So I get it. He's a chopper. The best, one, one half of the best shooting backcourt in NBA history. But if I had the option, because that, that's where the question goes like astray. It's like, oh, would you rather Jimmy Butler or Klay Thompson on the Warriors now? Then, of course, I'm going to pick Klay Thompson because obviously he works in this system. He flourishes in the system. This is his this is his go-to. Like, he is the best option for this system. But if I had to start a team and they were saying, oh, I need, I need a number one option right now to go on the Hawks. I need a number one option right now to go on the Kings. I need a number one option right now to go on the Knicks. My number one option is going to be someone like Jimmy Butler, someone like DeMar DeRozan, someone like James Harden, who can get theirs and get other players involved. Clay is a Clay is a great glue guy. Clay is a great person where it's like, all right, I got Steph, I got like like before before KD or DeMar DeRozan got there. Like, okay, I got I got Steph, I got Draymond. Draymond's gonna hustle. I got Iggy. I got the veteran leadership. You know, Steph can shoot, but what happens if the defense, you know, closes in on him? You know, I got Livingston. That's another point guard who can move the ball. But I need one more key knockdown shooter. Who could I get? Boom. Klay Thompson is your guy. Because I, I could throw him on multiple people to defend. He can knock down the three. Like, you know, I can I can do. He's ideal for that position. But if I need another number one go-to guy. You know, God forbid, like some, some like Steph Curry gets injured or something like that. I need someone like DeRosa who could go off. I need someone like Jimmy Butler who can go off. Clay is very streaky, like it's definitely in spurts. You know, and 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 it's not you know a bad thing to want you know these shooting guards over him, but it's like let's not let's not praise him for the system that he's in. It's like yo, like. This is a great system. It's free, it's free flowing. Steve Kerr is a you know master when it comes to like drawing certain plays. When you have Steph Curry, a player that you have to guard at the half court line, and when he breaks down that defender, everything else opens up. That makes the game a lot easier when you have that threat. You know we worship Tom Brady. Tom Brady's you know the go to football, but it's like his system was made for him. You put Tom, you know, you put Tom Brady in, well, with that offensive line, no. But if you put Tom Brady with the pieces that, you know, the Giants have, he'll be even more unstoppable. But it's like, we are all, like, when you're a product of a system, it is ideal. Like, it, it works. But let's, you know, let's not ish on other shooting guards who are, like, balling out this season. Oh, because Clay Thompson's resume. Like, he, that is a great team player. But it's, you know, it's... I, I, like I said, I would pick other shooting. Like he's, like I said, the fourth best shooting guard this season. Now he has time to, you know, catapult, get his, get himself back up to the, the two spot, maybe the one, because James Harden has been, you know, hurt a couple, of, a couple of games. But, you know, like I said, no knock on him. But there's other shooting guards I would take right now as a number one option, and that's what people confuse. You know, would you rather have Clay Thompson, the best system player? Or Jimmy Butler, DeMar DeRozan, the better player in general. And, you know, like that, like I said, that's where people get a misconstrued. But it's not a problem. You can't go wrong with either of them. But let's just, you know, kind of 
Hornet and I'm like, what's going on with that? So, uh, what else is going on in the NBA? So, we have the LeBron James effect. Now, you're probably like, the LeBron James effect? John, it's too, it's too early in this show. You talking about LeBron James already? Yes, I know. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm getting crazy. But, if we're looking at current events, we got to get on it. So, the LeBron James effect is my, is my take on, are teams really that bad when LeBron James leaves? So... Let, let's 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 dive in. Let's let's dive into that. So obviously you've heard the news. Uh, Ty Lue was, you know, relieved from his duties as the Cavaliers coach after officially, and I put officially in air quotation marks after officially coaching uh, six games. They went 0 six. They finally got their first win tonight against the Hawks. So I know the Hawks are tight because you never you never want to give a team their first win, especially when they're winless. But I mean they're at home. They came out guns blazing. But Ty Lue was fired after six games, uh, you know, like I said, after officially coaching six games. Because when LeBron James there, I don't care how bad Ty Lue was. I don't care how many times he said he cursed him out. I don't care how many times he, you know, was in his feelings. LeBron James was the coach of that team. He called the shots. He ran the plays. But to keep the organization uh, afloat and made it seem like things were good, you know, he deferred in, like, you know, interviews, things like that. Like, yeah, you know, we trust Ty Lutz out there. But LeBron James, we all know the real deal. You was a coach, man. There was nothing There was nothing Ty Lue could do. And he was exposed in the playoffs and in the, and in the NBA Finals. Like, Ty Lue cannot coach. And anybody who gets a coaching job after someone who took a team to the NBA Finals and lost, that's when you knew, that's how you know Ty Lue was just like a pawn in, in a game. Because it's like, yo, this coach took us to the NBA Finals. So what could possibly be the problem? Oh, he wasn't having the LeBron James banter. He wasn't just rolling over and taking whatever LeBron James said. Like, he wasn't just going to be a tool. So the Cavs thought, hey, man, we need somebody who will listen and who will take the flack, i.e., if LeBron James gets mad, just after he'll do his own thing, that a coach is not going to pull him or get upset. And David Black wasn't having that. But Ty Lue was, and Ty Lue got the, got the head coaching gig, and Ty Lue is now fired. But I guess the benefit of it is for the next three years, the Cavaliers still have to pay him his salary of $15 million. So uh, it's a win-win, I guess, in that situation. But, but Ty Lue, um, yeah, the, the, the exposure was real, man. Like, this coaching thing... It was rough for you. Like, you could be a leading assistant anywhere. I give you that. I mean, but you got your chip, so that's good. You, you coached, you know, a team to a, an NBA Finals championship in your rookie season. Not a lot of coaches can do that. I mean, you and Steve Kerr, you know, accomplished the same feat. Um, you know, because you were titled the head coach. I don't think you were coaching per, you know, per se. But, I mean, you did your thing. But, you know, no knock on you. But, um... Yeah, so, you know, to get back to the, you know, LeBron James effect, because it's like, all right, the team's doing bad. Is that because of Ty Lue? No, but it's like LeBron James leaves. They start the season 0-6. We got to blame somebody. And Ty Lue was just the first domino piece to fall. So they got rid of him. Um, And then now, like I was saying, they, they finally got their first win. But it's like, what's what's happening with the with, with LeBron himself, you know, Cavs 
are going to have a hard time signing players because LeBron James helped J.R. Smith get a big contract. Tristan Thompson, the bench player, get a, get a big contract. Kevin Love gets a big contract. So all these players are getting paid because LeBron told him to. LeBron splits, and now you're stuck with bad contracts, things like that. Which is another thing that like kind of gets me upset because the LeBron James effect isn't real. Like it's not like it's not a, a real thing. It's like you got to think when LeBron James left the first time, right? This was a, a team that was you know drafted, built around him, like key free agent signings, but no nobody who would be like, oh man, like LeBron James and and like LeBron James and so and so. Like that's a that's a great one two punch. It was like LeBron. Then you had Boogie Gibson, uh, Zajunas Algauskas. You know, like, dope role players around him where it was like, all right, cool. Like, this is a great Cavaliers team. Like, this is this is cool. He goes to Miami, wins championships. He leaves. So, minus the fact that Chris Bosch gets, you know, gets sick with, you know, uh, his, you know, his, his blood, um, his blood thinners and things like that. Minus that, if you take that out. He goes there, wins championships, he leaves. He comes back to Cleveland. Miami was Miami was in a good position. Like they were fine. Like that team was was was, was great. They just like it wasn't like it wasn't like they were bad. One, Eric Spolster was in the same seat as uh well at that time. Eric Spolster was in the same seat as Ty Lue. Like Spolster didn't really have to coach. He had Dwayne Wade, LeBron James. That duo was like they're on the court coaches themselves. So it was like Eric Spolster's job was very easy. So, with that, the Miami Heat were never in a bad predicament. They had the good players. You know, Chris Bosh just got sick. Then other players started falling off. So, that's why the Miami Heat didn't make the playoffs. But they were very close to making it the first season he left. Because the next season, they made the playoffs. So, LeBron James, that, that factor isn't all that. He goes to the Cavs. He wins a chip. Takes him to the finals every year that he was there. Now. LeBron James would be, the Cavaliers would have been fine if Kyrie didn't leave because he argued, like him and LeBron James had a little falling out. Like they're good, but it's like, as you can tell, Kyrie didn't want to be in his shadow, blah, blah, blah. So then he leaves. Then, like I said, they have Tristan Thompson sign a mega deal. They have J.R. Smith sign a deal that was way more than what he was worth. They signed all these key free agents to lock, lock and lock up money in these salaries, LeBron James bolts. So now, when you have a team that's full of players who are getting paid max contracts but aren't max contract players, what do you think the record's going to be? So from the first thing he left in, in, in Cleveland, he was, it was LeBron James and the Temptations. LeBron James leaves, the Temptations fall because there's no, there's no namesake or there's no player worthy where it's like, all right, we could put the team on this person's back and they can get crazy. Kyrie Irving gets drafted, number one overall, best decision, best decision the Cavaliers make. So he's a, he's an all-star. He's doing his thing. He's rookie of the year. He's doing all these things, but there's no person, there's no key guy around him where it's like, all right, like Kyrie and this guy can flourish. LeBron James comes back. He sees the potential, brings Cavaliers, that brings Cavaliers their first championship. Boom. Now, now LeBron James looks like a genius. So like I said, leaves Miami. The team has, you know, Chris Chris Boschus hurts. Uh, Dwayne Wade's not really like the same Dwayne Wade, you know. So that team kind of falters. Boom. Now Cavs they lose 
Kyrie Irving, they lose LeBron James, they have all these salaries tied up in bad contracts. So it's like that LeBron James thing is not like it's like I said, it's not real. Like it's not it's not a LeBron James effect. You remove him and then everything else falls. It's just he he's such a great of a player where it's like, alright, like he makes our team automatically better. But if you're like a fully equipped LeBron James team where the players are built to be around him, then duh, of course when he leaves it's gonna be bad. But if it's, you know, like a very secure team, it's like, alright, they're cool. But, you know, it's just that that's not just that's just not how I see it. Like I feel like with you know, with the LeBron James thing, it's just like, alright, like he's he's like a dope player, but it's like if he leaves, it's not like a team doesn't go into shambles because the way he had Russia set up. You feel me? Like, like you kind of understand like where where I'm going with it. Like, I, like I'm I'm explaining it, but I'm just trying to figure out. You know, because I know LeBron James fans like exactly when he leaves, they get bad. No, that goes for the first time. The second, the first, the first time he left the Cavs, yes. The first time he left Miami, he had that he orchestrated that roster. Like he was him and Dwayne Wade were some of the main people who brought pieces around. So yes, that team worked out. So when he left, it wasn't a huge fall off. Like I said, Chris Bosh just got just got injured. When he went to the Cavs, that team was constructed specifically for him. Shooters around, Kyrie Irving around, so that team was fine. Him and Kyrie get into argument, the second best player on the team leaves, then he leaves. So of course, now it's like, so no, so they no longer have one of the best point guards in the game on their team, and they no longer have the greatest basketball player in the league on their team. Of course, the team is going to be in shambles when you lose all those pieces. So... I don't know, but if, but you know, to just piggyback on the struggling factor, there's a couple of teams right now that are really going through it, that are really struggling. Uh, if we could just kind of get into that, so obviously the Cavs were one of them, who are you know finally got their first one this season, so that's uh, you know that's the thing off their back. Let's talk about the Houston Rockets, who have been playing um, how the Spaniards would say El Terrible, like they are playing basura. Like just terrible for for a team that took the defending champions to Game Seven in the Western Conference Finals. They are definitely not playing like it now. Like it's just terrible. So they're second to last in the conference right now at one and five. Uh, Mike D'Antoni just came out and said, you know, verbatim, "Yo, we're playing like crap. Let's just keep it a hundred, simple and plain. We are playing like." crap so the rock is definitely at the final way to get together the chris paul suspension didn't help early on james harden with the hamstring injury is not helping right now uh so we can't blame mellow too much because that is the only new you know addition to it it's just like you know who did the who did the rockets bring on and now we're not doing well carmelo anthony it's your fault but we can we can ease up there we can we can slow it down you know Carmelo Anthony's doing whatever he can. He's he's doing his best, but no Chris Paul, no James Harden. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna have a rocky start to your season. So, another team that we want to talk about, what I like to get into, was also the Oklahoma City Thunder. So they finally get another win today. So they are right now on the season. They are two and four. Um, so with that, obviously, you know, with the Batman Robin duo of with uh, Russell Westbrook and Paul George. You would think this team, all right, they they lose, you know, one of their 
eh, I wouldn't say the biggest liability, but on, on a defensive end, Carmelo Anthony can can be a little lackadaisical. So they lose that. They have now they have you know three players who really focus on defense. Steven Adams focuses on defense. Paul George focuses on defense. Russell Westbrook focuses on defense, and they all can get you buckets. So now that you kind of got that out the starting lineup, you you know you can like focus more, and it's just not happening. So of course you know Russ Russ missed you know the first two games, which isn't a problem. You know, when you have somebody like Paul George, but obviously, you know, he just couldn't carry the load. Dude had to do. So Russell Russell comes back. They're doing a lot better, but this team should not be in the bottom of the Western Conference. Like they're just they're they're set up too like they're set up too evenly, you know? Like they have a nice they have a big three in their starting five. So once you once you already have a big three in your starting five, you're kinda like you're set. Their bench is decent. You know, when players like Andre Robeson come back, players like that, you know, like, it'll bolster things around them. But as right now, like, they have an okay bench. They have a good starting five. Their record just doesn't reflect it. So, another team that's struggling, let's see. Well, I saw them out the Washington Wizards. Uh, the Washington Wizards right now are just scary bad. Like, they are 1-6. and six. Another team that's 1-6, the Cavaliers. Now... If you look at these rosters, are they even the slightest bit the same? Not at all. It's just, you know, a bunch of no names on the Cavs. They're they're about to lose Kevin Love for a month. So now I I definitely can see <clears throat> why and how much worse this could get for the Cavs. With the Wizards, no excuse. They have which was at one time, you know, one of the top 5 backcourts. Now they have the top 3 backcourts in in the league. John Wall and Bradley Beal. It's just not transitioning into wins. Dwight Howard, hurry up, come back. They need a big man because obviously it's not help. It's not helping them. Otto Porter Jr. is playing civ- like he's not playing as if someone who just got a new contract. Um, a lot of players are just like they're just not finishing games. They <laughs> Kevin Durant gives them buckets, calls them soft. So it's just like yo, like. Something is going on in Washington D.C. I don't know. I don't know if it's uh, the water. I don't know if it's the presidency. I don't know what's going on. But D.C. is just it's just not hitting. I mean, maybe somebody from the from the Capitals can come to the you know Wizards locker room and talk to them and see what's up. Cause I'm 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 baffled. I'm puzzled as to what's going on here. And our last team in the in the struggling category, those Los Angeles Lakers. This is why I say the LeBron James effect is not real. Because if it was real, LeBron James would have came in there. They, like, don't get me wrong. It's the West. That's the problem. It's the West. But at the same time, it's like, people, like LeBron James so-called elevates, you know, his the players around him. He makes his team, his teammates better. And right now, that's just not happening. As a young guy playing with LeBron James, I'm going to defer because LeBron James is that man. Like, he's that guy. But at the same time, it's like, I want to prove myself. And I'm like, yo, I'm going to defer to you, LeBron. But if you give me the opportunity, I'm going to get buckets. You give me the opportunity, I'm going to crash the boards. You give me the opportunity, I'm going to guard, you know, the toughest. I'm going to get on the, you know, the best offensive player on the other team because I want to prove to you I belong on the same court as you. You feel me? But that's not that's not happening. Like players like Kuzma, they're you know, they're they're trying it. Players like Brandon Ingram, you know, after his little scuffle situation, he's trying it. Lonzo's trying to be better. But it's just, you know, it's not one, it's not translating into wins. Two, LeBron James already said in an interview, he was like, You only be around him when he loses patience. So, um 
Lakers, Lakers, you you guys are playing for your lives right now. Because <laughs> in February you might <laughs> you might have a new jersey on. So we'll see. But with that, it's just like yo, like the Lakers should be way better than what they are, especially playing alongside LeBron James. Like it just it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. You know, so from that perspective, you know, they just have to get it together, figure out what's going on. All these teams are struggling mightily, but, you know, I I, I don't want to feel like I'm coming off of like as overreacting because it's we're only we're only seven, eight games in the NBA season. You know, like we're, we're not even a quarter of a way, you know, done yet. But at the same time, if the season were to end today, if for some reason end tomorrow, these teams are looking really bad. And you can't wait till the All-Star game to, you know, flip it and be like, okay, well, these guys are 20 games over 500 at the All-Star game. Like, yo, like, you got to pick it up now. And I said this in a past show. It's the West. You can't get off to a slow start in the West and possibly make the playoffs. Because by then, everybody's done smoked you. In the East, you could do that. You could be 10 games under 500 or 20 games under 500 and hit a good spurt and then beat the Miami Heat a couple years ago, a couple seasons ago who finished the season... You know, 20 games over 500, made the playoffs as like, a, I think it was like a six or seven seed. It's like, yo, like they turned it up. You could do that in the East. I don't care how much you turn it up in the West. You can you can do the same thing in the West and still be on the outside looking in. So, you know, it's just, you know, with these struggling teams, I know I highlighted, you know, a bunch of teams in the West only because, you know, how hard it is. But it's like, these are these are teams who you expected to do, a, you know, to be a lot better. To be a, a whole lot better. And if you were to tell me that the Sacramento Kings would have more wins than these couple teams, let, let me let me tell you the teams that the Sacramento Kings have more wins than. The Kings have more wins than the Spurs, the Lakers, the Rockets, the Thunder, the T-Wolves, and the Jazz. Now, like I said, I'm, I'm not amping it. It's only the first two weeks of the season. But if you were to tell me that the Kings will have more wins than all those teams, I would swear it was only because they started 1-0 and these other teams hadn't played yet. That'd be the only reason. But to see that, that just goes to show you. Slow starts can cook you. But, you know, it is what it is. So when we come back, uh, I want to take a quick little break. But when we come back, I'm going to talk about, uh, you know, some, some players who... You know, I guess the Monstars got to them. Uh, we have to find their basketball talents, or you know, maybe it's maybe it's in a haircut or something that that can change things. And um, let's talk about some teams that are on a hot start. You know, we talk about struggling teams. So let's talk about hot start teams. And uh, I got I have some hot takes that I want to get into that will probably make you be like, all right, this guy's tripping. So like I said, that's why the 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 name of the show is I Got Time. Do at me. And let's talk about this. So when I get back, we'll definitely talk about some of those things. This is Shoot the J Podcast. Welcome back, guys. Welcome to Shoot the J Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Jenkins. Uh, When I left off, I definitely was talking about, you know, some struggling teams, the LeBron James effect. Uh, that he has on teams when he leaves, um, the Ty Lue firing, which was supposedly an, a, an effect of, you know, from the LeBron James uh, uh, rollover. So, 
for you know our next segment, I definitely want to talk about some of the hot teams in the league right now. Um, the Warriors, you can never leave off the defending champs. They're you know had the top uh, record in the uh, Western Conference at seven and one, and in in just a week span, like they have guys who've been out of this world. Like like I like I said, let's 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 run the time frame. A couple of last week. Steph Curry gets 51 points in three quarters. Three quarters. Next week, KD is cooking. Kills the Knicks. 41 points in the garden. Next game, Steph and KD combined for, I believe it was like 65 points. Then, recently, as of earlier this week, Klay Thompson drops 52 points, breaks the all-time record for most of made in the game in less than 30 minutes of play. So, this Warriors team... The only thing holding them back is themselves. This team is on pace to really do some great things. And this is before the fourth Splash Brothers even introduced. When Boogie come when Boogie when Boogie Cousins gets back, if he's only at 80%, the Warriors are gonna be phenomenal. Now, if he takes his time and comes back when he's supposed to, as in probably around like the all-star break, maybe a little later than that, and comes back at hundred percent. The Warriors are going to be scary because not only do they have people who can kill on the perimeter now, now they have an inside presence. The one thing that they've lacked their whole, you know, time as them being a dynasty, they always like the inside presence. You know, KD can hit the box, but it's like, you know, he can he can score on the post. But is he like a true post guy? No. So now you get that from, from DeMarcus Cousins, who could also knock down the long ball. Yeah, this Warriors team will definitely be different different like they'll be on a whole nother wavelength so but I mean you know uh just as a you know sports guy like you know I love sports but I'm tired of the Warriors but as a sports host you can't leave them off the list of hot teams so let's talk about another hot team the Denver Nuggets who are slowly creeping up uh they are right now the second seed in the in the West now, I say seed because I'm, I'm thinking about playoffs, but right now they're ranked second in the conference. Uh, surprising team only because, you know, they're full, of, they're full of, you know, young guys, but they're young, crafty guys. The team's been playing very well as of recently, especially like, you know, last couple of seasons, just missing the playoffs by like the skin of their teeth. You know, like they were bound for one of those seasons where it's like a breakthrough season. So this may be it. This could be possibly that season where it's like, all right, the Nuggets have finally found their groove. They found, you know, the way they want their team to flow and the way they want their team to work out. So, with that, you know, Nuggets are definitely my hot team right now. Uh, I have to double check the power rankings. They might be in the top five, but like I said, you know, Nuggets being number two seed, right? The number ranked number two in the conference right now is definitely, you know. I wouldn't call it a surprise, but they are, you know, off to a hot start, and that's what you need in the West. I will, I will never, you know, stop stressing that. You need hot starts to rock out in the West to stay afloat. Because if you have a slow start, and then you try and get hot later, it may be too late. Another team that's off to a hot start, the only undefeated team left in the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks, led by Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um... You know, we've we've seen Giannis get off to hot starts. We've seen him, you know, dog early. We see we you know we saw him almost be you know the MVP All Star captain because you know he just you know he's he does a little bit of everything. He's a stat stat sheet stuffer supreme. So you know 
We, we, we come to expect these things, to be honest. But we don't expect this from the Bucks because every time, you know, we have the Bucks on this pedestal or, or we think they're supposed to take the next leap, they severely underachieve. They, you know, they... They just make, you know, a lot of sports analysts look really bad because it's like, you know, okay, this will be the year. All right, not this year. Jamari Parker comes back. You know, Chris Milton's there. He's all right, they're fully healthy. This will be the year. No, not this year. All right, uh, my bad. So this looks like the first season, you know. You know, Jason Kidd's a great coach, but Mike Budenholzer, you know, obviously a former coach of the year, can find a way to, you know, make these players, you know, play to their full potential. You know, do you know, do things that's like, all right, cool. Like, you know, we've seen Giannis, you know, bring up the ball to that third, but, you know, we if we see him more focused on his half-court set and not having to create, it's like, oh, all right, well, now Giannis is playing to his strengths. Now, you know, point guards can, you know, be more involved. You know, instead of having Giannis be one against five, you can have a true point guard, you know, or have, you know, give Malcolm Brogdon more, com- more confidence. You don't have him run certain sets. It's like, all right. The Bucks are finally getting it. They're finally starting to make some sense. All right, this this is going well for them. So for them to be the only uh, undefeated team left in the, you know, in the league, like I said, it's early, seven eight games in. I don't want to overreact, but at the same time, it's like all right, like this is a good this is a good look for them. So you know, undefeated, that's dope. Giannis leading away. But my last hot team that I want to talk about is the Toronto Raptors. Now, don't get me wrong. I know what the Raptors are about. They are one of the best regular season teams in the East that you could ever build. Like, that's just them. They are the Toronto Raptors in the, in the regular season. And they are the and they are the Toronto Barneys in the playoffs. So, that's a foregone conclusion. But, this season it may just be a little bit different. Now, they lose their all-time leading scorer in DeMar DeRozan. You can never replace that. Like, that's just, you know, you're, you're, that was your guy. That was your franchise guy. Like, everything revolved around him. And, you know, a part of the business, he got duped, got sent to the Spurs. Now, he's thriving out there. Don't you? Like, he's thriving in that, in that Spurs offense, that pop offense. Like, it, it works for him. But what the Raptors got back is not only a defensive player of the year, not only a finals MVP, they bought back two players with championship pedigree, Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. Danny Green gives you the three-point shooting that Kawhi Leonard lacked, and Kawhi Leonard gives you the free-throw shooting that, you know, DeMar DeRozan was a part of. He gives you the 25-plus that DeMar DeRozan had, but he adds a key thing, and that's defense. Couldn't Like, don't get me wrong, DeMar DeRozan plays defense, but Kawhi Leonard straps up, and there's a huge difference between that. If you play the game 2K, there's a difference between a two-way player and a lockdown defender. Now, Kawhi Leonard is a lockdown def- like he's a he is a lockdown defender, but that's just a badge in his. He's definitely a two-way player. He does it on both sides and he will kill. Like he will get his. So Kawhi Leonard, you know, is definitely um the reason behind the Raptors hot start. So, you know, those are my t- those are my teams that I'm I'm looking at right now, you know, as far as teams with hot starts, Warriors, Bucks. Nuggets, Raptors, but let me piggyback off the Raptors thing. Here goes my hot take. Barring injury, Kawhi Leonard will win the NBA regular season MVP. Now, that's that's a super hot take for me. Why is that? 
because, like I said, we've seen Giannis go crazy before. We've seen him dog before. We've seen him do things, you know, we've seen him lead in all five statistical categories. Points, rebounds, steals, blocks, assists. He's, he's a virtuoso. He does a little bit of everything. But we've also seen him fizzle out, you know, around the All-Star break or, you know, around, you know, latter parts of the other season. Like, we, we, we're accustomed to, okay, Giannis with the hot start, Giannis killing in fantasy, you know, playing FanDuel, playing DraftKings, all these things. He's dogging. And then later in the season, it's like, what happened to Giannis? Okay, like, he's still, he's still leading his team in all these categories, but what happened to him? So, with Kawhi, a full, healthy season when he's the number one option on the team, like, what... It's, it's all in his favor right now. Like some, Let me tell you some of his numbers right now. So he's he's averaging 26, 8, and 3. Now, that, now, obviously, that's less than Giannis's, you know, I think he's averaging like 26 and 14 or 25 and 14, something like that. So obviously, his, his numbers aren't as good as Giannis, but he's averaging 26, 8, and 3. His team is 7 and 1. He is on pace to join the 50, 40, 90 club. And you know, for those who don't know, the 50-40-90 club, is, that means you shot 50% from the field, 40% from three, and 90% from the free throw line. And he's playing, like I said, he's playing both sides. And he'll, we've seen Kawhi, like, flourish when it comes to, like, playing, like, like when he plays, like, cons- consistently in the season, like, we've seen him dog. Like, we've seen him cooking, like, also games, things like that. So, for him to, you know, for, to take last season off, make sure he's fully healthy, and now he'll be able to play a full season now in the in the Eastern Conference where his where the competition isn't as strenuous, listen, he will lead the, he will lead the Raptors to a, a great record, keep the numbers up, join the 50-40-90 club, be, you know, probably have the top win shares if the Bucks slow down, which people anticipate them to do, you know, later on in the season, Kawhi Leonard, like I said, barring injury and barring, you know, a crazy rest schedule because recently, you know, the Bucks and the Raptors played against each other. You would think, oh, 6-0, 6-0, this is going to be a dope game. And coach, and both coaches, one rested Giannis, one rested Kawhi. So barring dumb resting patterns and injuries, Kawhi Leonard will win the regular season NBA MVP. You heard it here first. Write it down, uh, post it, save it, mark it with a B, put it in the oven for Barney and me, and this and and you'll you'll see these numbers like you know and and plus because it's like right now the Warriors are like on a team thing like you know Steph's getting fifty one, KD's getting forty something, Clay's getting fifty something because I, I my first you know if you listen to my last show my prediction was you know I thought KD would win the championship I mean KD would win the MVP because it's like, all right, like this year, obviously they're a full team, but it's like, we'll see KD's numbers, you know, increase as far as like him getting more rebounds, him getting more assists, like things like that. But for here, it's like, all right, you can't really award just one player because they're all dogging. For Clay, he's going to be the main featured guy on the one of the top teams in the East and his stats will, he'll have the stats to back it up. It's only right he wins the MVP this year. So he'll have an NBA Finals MVP, an NBA Championship, Defense Player of the Year, and an NBA MVP. I, I, I think it's possible. It, it just might happen. It just might happen. So let, let, let's let's talk about some some other things. Um, 
trying to think. Yeah, like I said, we talked about players rushing too early. It's crazy. Uh, you know, Anthony Davis is definitely one of those guys who I was looking at for the NBA, the MVP uh, race, but it's just, you know, he's resting really early. So I'm like, since when is that happening? Oh, so uh, let's wrap about, you know, like I said, there's some players that start off the season pretty slow. Uh, I think, like I said, I think the Monstars may have got to them and have their talent stuck in the basketball somewhere. Uh, let's talk about first, um, Carl Anthony Towns. I saw a stat where he was averaging less points than JaVel McGee, and JaVel McGee plays less time than him. So, Cat is averaging 17 points, 9 rebounds. Uh, a typical, you know, six-man or, or off-the-bench big, 17-9, you are thankful. 17-9, you're like, oh, yeah, this is, this is, these are some good numbers from a, from a bench guy. And then you look at the name, you're like, Carl Anthony Towns. Okay, I thought that was somebody else. For a guy who's getting paid as much as Kyle Anthony Towns is, 17-9 is not cutting it. Now, people are saying, you know, oh, <clears throat> he's soft now. Jimmy Butler's and got to him. He's, he's got him feeling differently. This set the third, blah, blah, blah. Listen, I don't care about any of that. Because if a player on my team sizes me up or tries to get crazy with me, I'm going, we're, I'm, we're going to cook you together because it's a team thing. But at the same time, I'm going to... Like, when we go to practice and like that, I'm going to give you buckets. I'm going to do you dirty. Because it's like, yo, you're not going to call me out. You're not going to do me dirty. And then have that translate to me, my play on the court. That doesn't make sense. I'm not going to I'm not gonna continue to help the narrative of I'm soft because you called me out in practice. Because you beat me with the third string players. Because Jimmy Butler said so, and now I'm soft. Nah, that's not how, that's not how this works. But that's the problem everybody's having with Cat. I have, I have some people like this next group I'm in who was like, oh, I'd rather have KP over Cat. He's at third. I was like, you guys are smoking. I love the Knicks. I love KP. But if I had the option to do that draft again, best believe I'm taking Carl Anthony Towns. And people saying, oh, he's soft. Look what Jimmy Butler did. This at third. Blah, blah. The New York, New York would eat him alive. I was like, are you guys crazy? You saw what he was doing before this little spat with Jimmy Butler, right? He had the possibility of being on the All-NBA team. Like, he had the possibility of being an All-Star. Like, Carlton Towns is the real deal. Don't let, you know, a couple of games a season misconstrue that conception. Like, Carlton Towns is real. Now, if he bulks up and takes the game more seriously, he'll be fantastic. Because there's a difference between effort and softness. Carlton Towns is a soft. He's just not putting the same effort that someone who, you know, had to work hard to get. Carlton Towns is like a guy given talent. Like he's tall, he shoots three, he can dunk, he's versatile, he does a little bit of everything, plays in the post, plays in plays in the perimeter. Like those are some ideal credentials to have. You know? Number one overall pick, played on the uh, nearly undefeated Kentucky Wildcats. Like basketball was spoon fed to him. Like he was just naturally good. So someone like Jimmy Butler who had to work for everything is of course is gonna show you out because it's like, yo, I had to work for this. You were given this. We have two different reasons why we have to put food on our, you know, our plate. It's like, yo, I have to earn this. Like, I have to really, like, I have to eat. I wasn't a number one overall pick. I wasn't, you know, on a on a great, um, you know, college program. I wasn't, you know, one of the top sought-out recruits coming into college. I had to work for this. Everything calling for towns, you know, he worked for it. Don't get me wrong. To be in that position, you obviously work for it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, we had two different paths. And I'm going to show you my path, you show me yours, and we'll see when we when we collide who's ready. 
And so, you know, obviously Jimmy Butler won that, won that, you know, that thing, but, or won that, won that battle. But it's like, yo, if, if I'm on the same team with this guy, I'm going to use that motivation. I'm going to, you know, try and get on that level. I'm not going to, you know, wither and be like, oh, well, Jimmy's definitely stronger than me. Jimmy's definitely mentally tougher than me. Like, I want that in a teammate so I can use that in my game. But obviously it hasn't translated yet. So Cat, you know, with that new payday that he has, averaging 17-9. Speaking of players with, you know, who just got a payday but are playing Basuda, Otto Porter Jr., he's averaging 9 points per game, 5 rebounds per game, and he's shooting less than 21% from the 3-point field goal. Uh, for a 3 and D guy, this isn't very 3 and D-like. So I see why the Wizards are suffering because the pieces around John Wall and Bradley Beal are not performing, and they're not playing. So Dwight Howard's injured, the key big man. I was supposed to place Marcin Gortat. He's not playing. Otto Porter Jr. playing like someone who you just signed from the YMCA on a on a on a multi-year, multi-million dollar contract. So I mean, the Wizards don't have an excuse. They're in the East. They're supposed to play well. You know, you run into the Juggernaut Warriors earlier, but that just means you only have to play them one more time. So you're fine. But in the East, the Wizards are supposed to be like that top team. Like, they're supposed to be really good. They were, remind you, in my last podcast, they were one of my sleeper teams. So, obviously, they are still asleep. Um, they haven't, you know, they, they've yet to hit the, uh, you know, the alarm clock hasn't yet to come on. So, they, you know, they don't have to hit the snooze button or anything. So, they're, they're still knocked out. But uh, I hope eventually they'll, you know, turn it around and get it together. But, um yeah, Otto Porter is definitely one of one of the players who were, you know, who the Monstars came and, and, and took their their uh, their skills away. Uh, another player, Miles Turner, averaging 12 points, five rebounds. This this was a tough one because it's like, all right, obviously Victor Oladipo is the main guy in their offense. You know, they still have Sabonis playing well. They signed Kyle Quinn. Like they have bigs, but when it comes to Miles Turner, who's like their draft, like, they draft this guy, like, he's been, you know, getting better as the season progressed. Now, I know the problem with, with my, like, people I'm putting on this, it's like, yo, it's early, Jay, what are you talking about? Like, just chill, like, let it, like, rock, like, but at the same time, it's like, yo, like, we're two weeks in, you kind of start, you know, like, you you start building an identity for yourself, and right now, Miles Turner identity is regular degular. 12 points per game, 5 rebounds, like, you're supposed to be at least an easy 15 and 10 every night. 15 and 10 is a minimum for a player like you, because you have the mid-range, you can knock down a 3 occasionally, you bang in the, you bang in the post with all the other big men, like, 15 and 10 is a, is light work for, for you know, a player like Miles Turner. So he's definitely on my list of monsters, you know, who took their talents, and so he must have known that he was on my on this list because he cut that dusty fro of his uh Kyrie Irvin you know before tonight's well tonight against you know uh before he had like that big point explosion of 31 points he was averaging 14 points per game and five assists per game and shooting under 35 percent from the field now I, I mean I don't know maybe he knew maybe he had an idea he was like man I'm about to be on shoot the J podcast as you know, a candidate for the Monstar stolen talent, because he went out there, like I said, he he cut that dusty fro is, so he could stop looking like a dude from the Bronx. So he cut the fro, came through, 
and dropped 31 points on the Pistons. I mean, it just he he came he came through dripping. So I mean, it's just one game. Don't like don't get me wrong. I'm not gonna get hung up on it. Cause prior to he he's he's still a candidate he's still a candidate for for the monster stolen talent. You know, 14 points per game, three three assists per game is not great numbers. One for a point guard period, and two for the number one like the star on it on a team. So you know we've all hyped Kyrie up. You know as far as one of the top point guards in the league, uh, MVP caliber, but these aren't MVP numbers. He has to bring it up. Quickly, quickly, and uh, get together as soon as possible because they, they definitely need, um, they definitely need that. So, you know, those are just some of my, you know, my hot teams, my hot takes that I have. Um, so, you know, when we come back, we'll definitely have uh, that Knicks talk because you know I can't have a showdown talking about the Knicks like that's that's my team, duh. So we'll definitely be talking about the Knicks to close the show and. Uh, you know, let me know who who are some of your you know who do you feel is one of the hottest team. Maybe I left maybe I left a team off that you're thinking about. Maybe there's a player I left off that who the monsters you know have their talents. You let me know uh, later on, and uh, we'll definitely get back into it. But we're gonna take you know quick break. So keep it locked. This is shoot the J podcast. What's going on, guys? Welcome back. This is Shoot the J Podcast. So I'm going to close the show with that Knicks talk, that Knicks talk, because, duh, why wouldn't I? <laughs> so uh, New York Knicks finally end their five-game skid. We beat the the bummy Brooklyn Nets. Uh, we needed that win bad. My thought process is, can with Kevin Knox out, you know, we lost that little punch. Can Tim Hardaway Jr. and Enos Cantor hold down the fort until KP comes back? Now, KP is said to come back around December, January. One, if the Knicks are not in contention or playing well, don't bring him back. Wait. You could bring him back after All-Star break. March. Let him sit out the whole season. I don't care. But just read, like, just read and analyze the season. Now, maybe he could play some games in the G League, you know, get his confidence up, get his confidence back after ACL tear, and then we can go from there. But until then, don't just throw him in a fire. Look, look like, assess the, assess the season before he comes back. Now, the next season doesn't stop because he's not playing. Tim Hardaway Jr., Enos Cantor, all these guys have to, have to dog out, have to play extremely well to even, you know, keep us in the loop, you know? And then I've seen, you know, I see the emergence of Frank Nilakina finally, you know, being more confident, attacking the basket more. But that's just one game. That's just that's just one win against the, you know, against the the, the lonely, bottomless Nets that I don't care about. So the the, you know, Frank Nilakina's play has to has to elevate. Like he doesn't have a choice, because then you'll end up on the bench and behind Trey Burke. Do you want that? You know, not not somebody who's drafted that high overall. Um, but yeah, with, with the Knicks, it's just, you know, I like how David Fisdale is managing his players. Mitchell Robinson is definitely going to be a problem. Uh, if you, you know, 
had a chance to look at some you know, ESPN articles. Uh, Dave Fizdale is going to have Rasheed Wallace come into certain practices and start working with um, the bigs. And Chauncey Billups will Chauncey Billups will definitely you know he said he's going to bring him on to talk to work with some of the guards. So these are two great veterans who you know if given the opportunity to like continuously work with these players, it's it's a wrap. Like things are going to go very well for the Knicks. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm really you know digging the vibes right now with them. Just still trying to figure out as far as what our identity is and how we want to see the season. Uh, I, I want the Knicks to play well. Like, that's just, I mean, that's just me. I want them to play well, but it's like, at the same time, I know without all our pieces, it may, it doesn't make that, you know, that much sense to be like, all right, like, let's, let's cook with grease or let's like, let's really, you know, play to our fullest potential. So that's the only thing that's, you know, kind of drawing me, you know, like it's taking me both ways, but I get it. Uh, I'm 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 in I'm in full trusted process mode of Dave Fisdale and the Knicks organization. So you know, hopefully, like I said, THJ can be our leading scorer, lead us. You know, as far as he can, Cantor can be you know that great you know one-two punch that we have, and you know we um it makes sense that he picked up his team option because the Knicks is a that's a great fit for him right now, and they're definitely making it work. Um, like I said, let's continue the development of Frank Nilakina, Mitch Robinson. Uh, Kevin Knox should be back soon. I th- I'm not sure if he'll be getting another um, MRI soon for his ankle, but, you know, these two to four weeks are going to be the longest two to four weeks of his career and of our of our fandom just waiting. But, um, yeah, we'll see. But uh, to close the show, I definitely want to talk uh, about um, my pick for the game of the week, which will be the... Bucks versus the Celtics. Uh, I believe that's on November 1st. It's going to be on like networks like TNT, things like that. Uh, Bucks will, you know, like I said, the only undefeated team in the East and I mean in the league. They'll be playing against, you know, the potent, potentially like, you know, as we've all proclaimed them so early, the best, you know, the best team in the East, the Boston Celtics. So, I mean, you know, after Kyrie Irving cuts his hair, you know, he, he's back to the regular Kyrie Irving. So I like to see how that matchup is going to be. Giannis versus Kyrie, you know, two, you know, huge caliber, you know, players. And like we said, you know, when before the season started, we were trying to figure out who was the best player in the East now that LeBron James left. And, the you know, those players were in the top five. You know, it was Kawhi, Giannis, Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving, like, like it was a you know very strict and narrow you know list of like you know best players in the East. So we mi- we missed the first showdown, and that's you know due to rest. Like I said, Giannis and Kawhi they didn't go they didn't get to go head to head, but uh, we have a chance to watch you know Giannis versus Kyrie. Should be a good matchup. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, like I said, thanks for listening. I uh, appreciate all the support that I've been getting. You can catch Shoot the J podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play. You can download the Anchor app and check it out um, whenever you have the chance. Uh, you know, new episodes, you know, drop Wednesdays. And, you know, if there's a breaking one, I'll drop it on the weekends. But, you know, uh, like I said, appreciate the you know support. Continue to follow uh, my Instagram at 
the number two W-O underscore J-Y-Z, or you can follow the show's page at Shoot the J Podcast. Um, continue to, you know, follow, love, subscribe, you know, just continue showing that support. Uh, definitely need it. So until next time, this is another episode of Shoot the J Podcast.